You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engines! The following is a paid program. Warning, the views expressed come from men who've spent half their lives in grease-stained overalls, inhaling hazardous fluids. Before taking any advice, consider the source. This program will contain humor of a questionable nature. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Now this is where Dave would go, okay Al, here we go. This is Dave's Corner Garage. My name is Alan Gelman. Sitting beside me is Brian Max and beside him is Terry O'Keefe from Avic. We've got a great show today. As said uh, earlier, Dave is on assignment. Wink, wink, means he's in Florida, lazy son of a gun. Uh, and uh, doesn't have the technical ability to call us today. I don't know why or what happened, but uh, it's going to be us three guys with lots of automotive experience winging it, so to speak. Terry O'Keefe, we're going to get to something in just a minute, but I understand you guys have been doing some unprecedented stuff in Unionville this week. Yeah, we actually uh, yesterday issued a news release war- warning consumers not to purchase vehicles from two particular individuals. Because they apparently they've been trying to do a back to the future thing, eh? That's exactly what's going on there. Trying to make old cars new again. These things are finding the fountain of youth, I tell you. They're, <laughs> they're buying really high mileage vehicles okay. uh, around the province, and then the odometers are rolled back, and then they're selling these vehicles on Kijiji, pretending they're selling their own vehicles. All right, well, after the break, we're going to find out how they do that, because it does take a little bit of expertise, not much, and it's pretty easy to find. And Brian, automotive journalist and uh, blogger, and uh, you you told me you drove the new ZR1. Yeah, 755 horsepower. I, I was going to say, I was going to guess is that five or 600, but I no. wouldn't have even been close. 755 horsepower. And the, the best thing about it is it's a big pussycat. It's easy to drive. Really? Yeah. You'd think that just touching it would break the wheels loose and you'd be all over the place. No, I mean, you can, but I, you know, I'm, I'm also a racing driver, so it's a little bit easy. But it's, uh, it's so much fun to drive. Sounds great. Looks great. You know, Davey was talking about getting one, but I said, Davey, your bucket. It won't fit in that bucket. Yeah, it would be tough for Dave. And <laughs> you might need a little seat cushion to. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Well, what's the problem, eh? On those cars, is you sit so low to the ground that. That's right. Uh, and you got to sort of lift yourself up to get out of it. Um, so it's difficult for somebody, you know, an older age kind of thing. But 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 then again, Corvettes, they're not selling like they were, are they? They are. Yeah, Corvettes selling better than ever, pretty much. And so they've attracted a new audience, kind of, so to speak. Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, you know, it's it's still you know gentlemen our age who are buying these Corvettes. But there's a new one coming out, mm-hmm. and uh, GM hasn't said anything, but it's coming out in December or in uh, sorry in January. All right, yeah. and uh, oh, sort of midstream, would you say? No, it's it's been a few years. It'll be an all new Corvette. In the no, no, no. Pretty. You missed it. You missed the mid the mid part of my little. Uh, oh, 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 yeah. Let's yeah. Let's not talk about that. All right. If you've got any kind kind of car questions for us, we've got lots of automotive experience here. Whether you've made a purchase recently and you're not happy about it, and you've got a question about what you can do to help perhaps fix it, and if you want some advice on what to buy 
this coming year. Brian's here with all that information, too. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage, and we're back again. And I've got Terry O'Keefe and Brian Max here in the studio. And again, if you've got a car care question, you're welcome to give us a call on the magic number. And uh, as I was saying before the break, that the couple, this, this couple in, uh, in Unionville, Arif Adnan Syed and Hafsed Nasser, I think is how you pronounce it, operate this pretend business called Euro Premium Autos Limited, which would give the impression that they're dealers, but, but they're not. What's going on? Well, they're not, and actually, they they when they're selling these vehicles to consumers, they pretend that they're private sellers mm-hmm. uh, and that they're selling their own vehicles. So, you, what they're doing is they're buying these high mileage vehicles from anywhere around the province, uh, and then advertising them on Kijiji, and then selling them from their home in Unionville or nearby plazas. We've uh, talked to some consumers who've said, "Yeah, we met them at a plaza not far from mm-hmm. their, this home in in Unionville." Right, and uh, you know, in one instance, it was a Toyota Camry. When the consumer bought it, it had 166,000 showing on the uh, on the odometer. Uh, MTO records show the car had at least 295. Another consumer bought a, a 2006 Honda. They thought it had 165,000 kilometers on it. The purchaser bought it because they had a, v- a vehicle mm-hmm. that had more than that. And so they <laughs> wanted to buy something with less. Newer, a little younger. Yeah, exactly. And the truth of that vehicle was it had more than 421,000 kilometers on it. Now, I guess the good thing is at least they were <laughs> Japanese cars. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> well, true. well, actually, kind of last that long. But I, I'm guessing these characters here probably bought these cars for maybe a thousand bucks as a as a you know they were traded in or something. And then let me ask you because they've done this to the odometer, how how did they change the price on it? Like how much would it have gone up? Uh, from the documents that I've seen, mm-hmm. uh, if they're if they're purchasing a vehicle for and and I do want to stress one thing: these are allegations. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still in the middle of our investigation, and it was unusual for us to take the step of releasing these details. Right, without, because these people aren't even dealers. We and we haven't charged them mm-hmm. yet. Uh, and, but we took this step to release this information in order to protect consumers because we believe that the sale of these vehicles is ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're looking, if they're paying 1500 or $2,000 for a vehicle, it wouldn't be uncommon to see that vehicle then priced for $5,000. Wow. Or $4,000. And who knows, maybe they did a cleanup, uh, you know, painted the tires black and away you go. Great margins on that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the one individual, uh, Arif Syed, this isn't his uh, first kick at this. Uh, these that we're talking about now are allegations, but he has been charged and convicted of the uh, same for, crime. The, for the exact same uh, mm-hmm. type of behavior back in 2015. Omvik charged, and he was convicted and fined. Well, okay, question. I mean, if he was fined before, um, it didn't seem to help. I mean, he's still doing it. Is that... He just looks at it as the cost of doing business. How much would his fine have been? Uh, he there was a business or two businesses involved uh, back then as well mm-hmm. that he was the director of. Right. Uh, so he was fined five thousand. The two businesses were fined together twenty five thousand dollars. So there was thirty thousand dollars in fines in total. Wow. Uh, he's paid three hundred dollars of his fine. Yeah. It's 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 odd though that you know you think that people just don't care about the law and, and just continue to do it. I guess like you say, the margins are so great. It's the cost of doing business, and I, I guess if you're able to put them in limited companies and close those companies, then it'd be hard to track the guy down, eh? 
Oh, they, they use all kinds of different mm-hmm. different ways of doing it. Uh, these vehicles that we're seeing sold right now, uh, while they're being sold, and again, I say allegedly by so They're, they're by certified, Syed, though, eh? Yes, yeah, so, uh, by Syed and by Nasser. Mm-hmm. Many of these vehicles are in the name of this business that he is the director of, the Euro Premium Auto Limited. Right. And so if you, uh, uh, one of our messages to consumers right now is if you have purchased a vehicle from uh, Mr. Syed mm-hmm. or, or Ms. Nasser or Euro Premium Auto, mm-hmm. get yourself a used vehicle information package. Get a Carfax Canada report. They're going to have some historic odometer information on it and check to see if the vehicle that you bought has you know discovered that fountain of youth. And uh, we would also love to hear from any consumer who has dealt with these people. Hmm. It's funny, though. We were talking in the green room about this. Now, before the transaction can take place, I mean, number one, it has to be certified, um, <laughs> which is another issue on itself completely. But they, they have to get a UVIP. And, but, so these people are selling the car, and they don't have the UVIP there? That's a great question. The UVIP is the Used Vehicle Information Package. When a private seller sells a vehicle in Ontario, they have to provide the purchaser mm-hmm. with a UVIP. Uh, that's the law. It's the, under the Highway Traffic Act. And the inver- what, and what information will be on the UVIP? So it'll tell you the list of every previous owner in Ontario. Mm-hmm. It'll tell you historical odometer information. You know when you go to f- renew your license right. plate, you have right. to fill out how many kilometers are on it right now? Uh-huh. That information populates the UVIP, and it'll tell you if there's a lien on the car. Mm-hmm. And so the purchaser is supposed to provide it. Now, the consumers that we have spoken with, have told us that they weren't provided with one. They didn't know that they were supposed to get one. So when they went to so when they went to the license office, they said, "Where's the UVIP?" And they don't have one. And so the license office will say, "Well, then you can buy one here for twenty dollars." And of course, by then it's too late. Right. So the person they buy the UVIP, the transfer gets made. They didn't take any time at all to look over the UVIP, right? No. And 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 it's not like they you know it'd be a good idea if the ministry said they had a thing at the bottom that you have to verify that you read the information and you have to sign it. But there's nothing like that. You paid it twenty bucks and and you get your transfer. And uh, so so let's ask you something. So those people they they got home maybe perhaps they drove a car for a few days and they said this car feels funny. Had they looked at the UVIP that was sitting in the glove box, this whole thing would have been exposed, eh? It might have been exposed earlier, but it probably wouldn't have helped them because they had already turned over the cash and gone to the licensing office on their own. It's like that Carol King song, It's Too Late, Baby. All right, right. speaking of late, we got to run. Got a couple callers on board, and we're talking used cars, new cars, whatever kind of information you need. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Oh, that's great. Didn't know. Didn't know. Wild. Customer wanted a, you know, if you if you draw, this is Dave Corner Garage, by the way, as we're yakking away. Uh, yeah, I had a customer in who drove, as was an Uber driver, and needed a safety certificate, and I didn't know. Speaking of safety certificates, Terry, these guys in Unionville who were selling these bad cars, I, I would guess, too, that they're hooked up with a bad garage who just sort of writes certs without looking. Does that still happen? Uh, I would look to you, actually, for the answer to that. But all I can tell you is that... Tra- Sorry, I don't do them. I don't yeah, care how much no. you pay. I don't do that. I have to check the car. It's very important. Yeah, I mean, we were involved in a case not too long ago, and it wasn't even the safety standards. It was a structural inspection uh-huh. that allowed a vehicle to go from uh, salvage yes. to rebuilt. Yes. And, uh, you know, we worked with the Ministry of Transportation and their branding officers, and abs- the, the issuing... Uh, 
MIVIS, the Motor Vehicle Inspection Station that mm-hmm. issued it, was charged. These, this certificate never should have been issued. The vehicle wasn't fit for the road. So, uh, yes, it does go on, but I, I can't say that that's what's happening here because our investigation isn't complete. Right, and then at the end of the day, too, people have to realize that, you know, just because a garage or this MIVIS, whatever it's called, is, is charged with passing a vehicle that shouldn't pass... That doesn't get your car fixed, okay? It, you know, yes, the, the, the strong arm of the law comes down on the, the, the certificate issuer, but it, it, you, you still got a ratty old car. So this is why, coming back to my uh, wearing my automotive hat here, my repair facility is no matter who you're buying this used car from, get it checked out. You know, a, a legitimate seller has no problem. They, they kind of expect that, you know, a wise buyer is going to want to do that. You take it to your own garage, you get it checked out, and you find out immediately, you know, whether the car was in an accident, whether it's leaking fluids all over the place, whether it's safe or not to be on the road. So this is important stuff. Um, speaking of, just to reiterate, uh, I had a customer in this week who did a lease takeover. Now, a lease takeover uh, doesn't necessarily, you don't need to get a safety certificate. So, in other words, you just assume this guy's car. And because they didn't do any kind of safety inspection, he was saddled with a, a six $100 repair the week he got it. So, this is why it's important to get things checked out yourself. Speaking of checking out, so you like the Corvette, I understand. Lo- love the Corvette. Uh-huh. And uh, I think, you know, while I was in California for a while, I was also driving Bentley's SUV. Bentley has an SUV? Bentley has an SUV, and it is exceptionally luxurious. Is it like a big Land Rover kind of thing? Yeah, it's uh-huh. a, a full-size full size SUV with wool carpets and gorgeous leather, and uh, and the one Bentley loaned me had a, uh, a V8 mm-hmm. engine, over 500 horsepower, sounded great. Were you able to take it off-road? Uh, mine had the, the sort of performance package uh-huh. so it didn't have off-road tires but oh, so it's just for taking the kids to private school that that's right now i have <laughs> i have driven bentley's suv in the desert yeah and in the mud uh and probably to the mall as well but it, it does all of those things all of those things really really well what kind of money are they worth uh the one i drove was 220 us wow Two hundred twenty thousand dollars. It's like US. a million Canadian or something. At least, at <laughs> least. But there, I don't know. Some people don't like uh, this idea of a Bentley SUV, but when you spend time with it and get to get to really experience it, the detail is exceptional. They're gorgeous. Well, you know what? It's 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 why you know years ago I remember when the when Lexus their flagship came out in a hybrid. I asked why you know you have a hundred thousand dollar car that's that's now a a hybrid because people who have that kind of scratch to to pay. You wouldn't think that they'd care all about fuel consumption and whatnot, but the guy said, well, if we don't make it, somebody else will. Um, I, I guess the same kind of thing. So if you're normally driving around eating sandwiches with Grey Poupon and, and driving your Bentley, you know, and, and I want an off-road vehicle because I see my neighbor's got one, but I want to buy one in the same caliber, that, that's who it gets made for. That, that's exactly it. And and. Bentley doubled their sales volume just by introducing an SUV. They went from about 5,000 units every year to over 10,000 units every year. All right. Well, we got Richard on the line here. He's uh, calling from Cayuga, and he's looking for some car advice. We're going to take his call right now. Richard, what can we do for you? Hi. How are you? Great. Yourself? All right. Yeah, they just rode off my car the other day, and I want to buy a car that my neighbor helped build. So I'm wondering uh, if you can help me out that way. Your neighbor helped build it. What do you mean exactly? Uh, like, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, I mean, the, these Toyotas and everything were coming, and, and your neighbor didn't help build that kind of stuff. So I used to yell and scream at those people that bought those cars. 
but things have changed now. So, so tell me what I can buy that my neighbor helped build. You know. Oh, uh, so you're talking about, for example, what's going on in Oshawa, or but what's happened in Oakville? You yeah, well, what's happening? Yeah, in Ontario, in our auto industry. So, w- what are we getting built here, and what can I buy that my neighbor helped build? Well, I mean, if you lived in Alice, then you could certainly buy yourself a Honda. If you live in St. Thomas, you could buy yourself a Toyota. I mean, and and those are cars. You know, we were joking about it earlier about this bad actor in Unionville who's rolling back odometers, you know, taking these, you know, Japanese-designed vehicles and making them last forever because they can. Um, those are cars that I like. The Camry's a great car. You, pro- you know, the biggest-selling vehicle right now? Uh, you know, everything that's made in Ontario is, is quite good. I mean, well, yeah, and it's unfortunate. That's the sad story about yeah, Oshawa. That's, that's they were it. like GM's best plan as far as quality control that's right yeah now i i'm a big fan of the of the civics and and uh you know they make them they make them here in ontario and right and, and they're great cars mm-hmm. they're great cars and, and what toyota's doing is fantastic and of course you know um gm's still building uh crossovers in ontario as well richard is uh was there something specific you wanted to look at or we're thinking well, about I'm, it? I'm a ford man so <laughs> i'm ho- i'm hoping you can help me that way uh well of course uh crossover ford is making crossovers uh in oakville mm-hmm and uh, I think it's the the, the edge, edge yeah. the edge, and uh, and a couple of Lincoln crossovers as well, and they're very nice these days. I drove uh, one of the 2019 Lincoln uh, crossovers. It's gorgeous, right? And it's it's basically on the same subframe, same frame, same chassis, same yeah. chassis, same drivetrain. All right, Richard. I hope we helped you out on that one, and uh, maybe uh, Mom will put one under the Christmas tree for you. That'd be nice, eh? Uh, yeah, that would be nice. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day. Wishful thinking. All right, take care of yourself. Uh, thanks for calling. Hear the music in the background means we got to run. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Technology, eh? We are just laughing about that. I had a customer so ticked off because we didn't keep the memory alive, and he didn't realize that the radio would forget what stations he liked, eh? Technology, you know, Who knew? That. you drive new cars all the time. Do you not find that... Some of these new vehicles, the display is so big that how could it not be a distraction? Oh, that's for sure. And and now, I mean, I drive everything I drive has will mirror your phone. So whether you've got an Android phone or, or an iPhone like I do, the big screen has a duplicate of your phone and some basic, you know, with basic functions. You're not getting distracted by text messages, right? But it's another level of distraction. So if you want to dig for a podcast or a certain song, you can do that through the touchscreen, and and that's still a bit of distracted driving. Will it let you do it when you're mobile? Because I yes. know in my wife's car. You know, you can't touch the GPS. It goes stupid once you start moving, eh? No, you can. And really? Yeah, and and I'm a fan of the the Waze mm-hmm. navigation app. And every car that I've driven in the last year, you can actually uh, you can actually access Waze and some of those functions through the touchscreen. But the good thing is, if mm-hmm. you use it properly, you can use voice commands. Uh-huh. So you don't have to touch it. You don't have to look at it. Okay, so you can just tell the silly thing where is it you want to go. Yeah, and it, and it works pretty well. I use it everywhere I go, everywhere I travel. But I found with the Waze, though, it would come up with a message that said, are you the driver or the passenger? Yes. <laughs> I guess you could say, I'm the passenger. And, yeah. And, that, okay, that, you could lie to That's it. exactly what people do. Yeah. Uh, Terry, how does what, when, when a, a guy buys a used car and some of these features don't work, is there any comeback at all? Like, I, at, at what point <laughs> do they say, you know, these are mechanical real things that you need to operate the car as opposed to just sort of add-ons that's a great question so 
<clears throat> the Motor Vehicle Dealers Act tells dealers there's 22 things that you have to s- disclose to a consumer about mm-hmm. the past use history and condition okay. of the vehicle. And they're the most common ones would be like we've been talking about. What's the true distance the vehicle has traveled? Has sure. the vehicle been involved in an accident? Okay. Was it registered in another jurisdiction? Mm-hmm. But there's this the very last one. It says any material fact that if you know, you have to disclose. So if you know the nav system isn't working in this vehicle mm-hmm. and it's going to cost, I'm going to look to you, what's it cost to fix a, a computer system? Could like be a NAV? couple grand, like, a couple like of grand. easy, yeah. So, so I would suggest to you that that is a material fact. Mm-hmm. If I knew that before I purchased the vehicle, I would either not purchase the vehicle or perhaps negotiate a different price. Mm. And so dealers are required to disclose material facts. So if some of these very expensive electronic features uh, and technological features aren't working, I would suggest to you that, yes, they do require disclosure. All right. And and, and, and if it's a straight-up dealer and you, you realize that the day or two later because you couldn't have tried every function and went back to the dealer that you bought it from, they would be happy to fix it for you? It's going to depend on the dealer. Okay. Finding out after the fact is always a challenge because right. was it working when you left? Okay. And these are the these are the ones that our complaints and inquiries team who who offer a conciliation service when a consumer has a problem and they're not able to uh, to you know to get it uh, taken care of with the dealer themselves. Those are very very difficult ones to to address. But at the end of the day, uh, they are required to disclose material facts. So if you can demonstrate that it wasn't working mm-hmm. and it should have been disclosed and it wasn't. You were, you're going to have a good case to try and get some uh, get get this issue addressed. So a couple of things. First of all, if, if if somebody wants to know who the better dealer is out there, can they find that out? I'm not going to suggest to you that Onvik has a rating system for you know good, better, best. But uh, you got but you got a list of bad guys. That's well. What we have is, and, and this is something that we we are required to do by law. Mm-hmm. If we charge a dealer or a salesperson, right. we must make that information public. If they are convicted, that must be made public. Mm-hmm. If we have uh, disciplined them for breaching the code of ethics, we must make that public. If we have issued a proposal to revoke or suspend their license, mm-hmm. we must make that information public. And it's all available on OMVIC's website. So you go to OMVIC.ca. OMVIC.ca and you can find out list of who got... Bad, you know. Yeah, there's a there's a tab. One of the tabs there. Oh, is, is there enforcement or something? Enforcement on it? slash right. compliance, mm-hmm. and you'll be able to go and just you'll be able to do a search, mm. and it's 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 Googleable. You can even try searching the dealership name right. and with the word Omvic in it, and it uh, it should it should show up in one of the search results. Now, again, if, if let's say you did find out a couple of days later that there's an issue, um, you've called the dealer, for example, and they're giving you a hard time. Uh, how do I find out where to go with it next? So the next thing you should do is put your concerns in writing. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that our complaints and inquiries team is going to ask is, right. we know that you spoke to somebody there, but put your complaint in writing so hopefully it gets escalated to the appropriate person. So you're talking about sending that that letter or email to the dealer or yeah, to you? Yeah, to the general manager. Okay. The general manager of the dealership. Mm-hmm. And if you still get no satisfaction, then you can call uh, 1-800-943-6002 mm-hmm. and it's extension 3942 and that's our complaints and inquiries team. And you can speak to a complaint handler there or you can even go online, go to omvic.ca and you can fill out an online complaint form there. Well, that's great. So that's how they find out and they can hopefully get some help. Again, you know, do your homework before Get the vehicle checked out. Find out if it's a good dealer or a bad dealer. Well, or at least you know if it's not a bad dealer. And uh, good luck with it. And hopefully you're, uh, it's, it's a good thing in the end. All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. Our lines are open if you've got a car care question or anything you want to know about automobiles. 
Uh, perhaps what the n- next best new card that uh, good on fuel economy. How about we'll try that one after the break. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We're just looking at my phone. I got some neat pictures of my buddy Sheldon showing me this piece of foam inside a tire. Go figure, you know, downside of electric cars. Uh, they're so quiet that you hear everything else. You ever heard of that one? That that's new. That was total news to me. Yeah, I had a customer coming in with his car, and at around 100 k's, he's hearing this hum, and it dis- disappeared at 120. And I couldn't understand where the heck was coming from. Um, Actually, I, I, I am waiting to hear back from my tire guy. But in the meantime, I find out that Teslas automatically put this band of foam inside their tires just to stop that harmonics. That's wild. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, I guess internal combustion engine cars are, are so noisy. Yeah, you're, you're going to hear more sounds. Hear exactly. Um, you've driven electrics. Which ones yeah. do you like? Um, they're 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 not here yet. I'm I'm waiting to drive the the Porsche. When, okay. When the, and, and I think that's that's going to be a real game changer because what's it going to be? Sorry, like the SUV, SUV or no? It's a sedan. Okay. Oh, like a, a, a Panamera. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit smaller than the Panamera. Oh, a full on new car. Yeah. Okay. Completely, completely ground up. Now for something a, completely different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Porsche is doing electrics. I think that's going to be a game changer because when real car companies not companies like Tesla okay. get involved. They have proper development cycles and they don't skip steps like mm-hmm. Tesla is known to do. I've you know driven all the Teslas and, and, and it's like they've skipped some important engineering. Okay. But when Porsche... You although you don't really hear about that if you're not in those tight circles, though. Well, um, I my, mean, obviously, they're not going to want to talk about it. No, my my you know my my so-called journalist colleagues will skip over it, and everybody's impressed with the performance of a Tesla. But right. I'm interested in how it drives and how it responds dynamically. Mm-hmm. And their suspensions are not fully resolved, as far as I'm concerned. They're fine to drive; they're not unsafe. Uh-huh. But when you want to enjoy the car and and you know hustle it through some corners, it doesn't respond like a fully developed car does. Oh, you're talking like a '70s Mustang could go straight and and, and it could go straight real fast. But you don't want to try to make a turn. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they turn fine, but they don't transition well. So okay. you go from a left turn to a right turn and, or, or make a, a quick turn. Mm-hmm. They just, they're, they're unsettled. And, oh. you know, it's, again, it's not unsafe, but to me, it's just not fully resolved. And, I, I, and Porsche is going to solve that quite Well, you easily. would think so. I mean, you don't, you don't really think of the, as much as they do talk about performance and, and, and horsepower, so to speak, with the electric cars, um, you know, they don't talk about it being rallied, you know. No. It's basically how fast can it go down a highway in a straight line? Can you beat the guy beside you? Um, but as you say now, and, and, and truthfully, all those cars are big sedans or SUVs anyways. That's right. You know, the, the Tesla S is a big sedan. And, that, and it carries a lot of weight. So, I mean, the suspension has a lot of work to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Whereas Porsche, like you say, is a dedicated car company. Uh, yeah, and, and part of the, the Volkswagen group, they've been developing, you know, engineering cars for... You know, uh, sorry, like sorry, sorry. Century. The Volkswagen part of that, you just blew out my candle. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> they would just tell you how well engineered it was. But that, uh, that, that's true. But you know, Porsche <laughs> does a really good job with their products, and I and I think their new electric is going to be a, a real game changer. Are they in the uh, the Formula E game as well for they, Porsche? They are, and uh, I think it's the the first weekend of the new championship. So Porsche is there now. Okay, uh, with uh, with a couple of cars for and, people who don't don't follow racing at all. It's uh, it's almost it looks like a Formula One kind of car mm-hmm. 
But all electric, right? All electric. And they, the, instead of racing them at, at normal circuits, like, <laughs> you know, around the world, which are usually an hour or two outside of a city, right. they, are, they are racing in, on city streets. Mm-hmm. And even the support series are, uh, are electric cars. So there's a Jaguar electric car race series supporting Formula E now. Wow, wow, wow. So basically little electric motors on each wheel kind of thing. They're all wheel drive, obviously, too, eh? They are. They are. Okay. All right. I hear the music in the background, and uh, just, you know what? We, we, we poked the bear here, and Carol, in menacing, got a problem with her Volkswagen. So let's kind of find out what she's got an issue with, and we will talk to her right after this break. This is Dave's Corner Garage. What up? It's a great product for sure, walkaway debt protection. You know, especially if you're an older person and you're not, you know, you don't know how many years you got left. Your sight's on its way, you know, because people think that, you know, if, 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 if they just can't drive the car anymore, they're going to give it back. But no. It, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> You're still on the hook for that lease. I had a guy years ago like that. He's, you know, he came in and he said, uh, I want you to put a set of plugs in my car. And I said, okay. And, and how much are you going to charge? And I gave him a price. And I put him in and got a phone call the next day. And the, the guy was like, listen, you know, you put the plugs in my car yesterday. I went, yeah. He says, it still doesn't start. I went, oh, it, it's funny because you didn't mention that it wasn't starting yesterday. You just said, how much for spark plugs, eh? So I told him, listen, this ain't Eaton's, okay? <laughs> he just thought we would take the plugs back out uh-huh. and give him all his money back. Right. Doesn't happen. No, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> all right, speaking of getting money back or trying to get some sort of satisfaction, we've got Carol, who's got a problem with her Volkswagen. Carol, what's going on? I love your show. Thank you. <clears throat> Um, I would say that we, we have a 2010 Passat, and it's like a love-hate relationship. When we went to the deli- uh, dealership to ca- take delivery of it, the computer was gone in it, and we had bags packed to go away. So they did kindly get us a rental car. Sorry, was and that when you that was got, when you got the car? Got the car. So in the meantime, I'll, I'll go as quickly as I can. The left door jam rusted out, like this is three years ago. We mm-hmm. had to fight with them over that. It's had three recalls. The window frame the, around the back window is cracked. Mm-hmm. The passenger door won't open all the time. The safety belt doesn't stop dinging. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the final straw is the radio is gone, completely mm-hmm. gone. And it's got low mileage. And we have a 1928 Model A, so my husband looks after vehicles. <laughs> Obviously, well enough, but uh, he does. He, he doesn't do a lot of Volkswagen work, though. No, we just had it in for eight hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and they fixed up because if you leave it sit and don't run it for a day, it wouldn't go. Oh wow! So what? Uh, what's the mileage on it? It's one fifty. Mm. You know, I I don't know that uh, there's there's any quick resolution for this other than getting rid of the car. Um, you know, it is kind of old and tired, and. Um, not, not that it's that old, uh, you know, chronologically, but speaking, but you're telling me about all these different problems that it has. Um, there's no magic answer in terms of well, having it I'm fixed. I'm just wondering. Right. I've called Volkswagen, and of course, they don't even bother with you. Falling on deaf ears there. And I Googled the new CEO, and right. I wondered about sending a registered letter to him. Mm-hmm. That's about my only possibility. Um. As far as I know, I mean, uh, Terry, we were talking earlier about it. If somebody has a relatively new car and they're having problems with it, they can go back to the manufacturer, correct? That's right. And, Carol, I'm really sorry to hear about the problems you're having with your car. Um, there is a program 
uh, and, but it's not going to be good news for Carol, called CAMVAP, the Canadian Motor Vehicle Arbitration Plan. And it is for disputes between a consumer and the manufacturer mm-hmm. for the, you know, with the application of the manufacturer's warranty or for defects. Now, that's, there's a time limit, though, but right? That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. The vehicle has to be of the current model year or the previous four mm-hmm. and have less than 160,000 kilometers on it. Yeah, you and see in Carol's case here, yeah. Exactly. Carol's yeah. vehicle is, too is a old. too old to qualify for CAMVAP. It's too bad. So, I, like you say, you know, you can either try the manufacturer, try the dealer. But, but then again, you know, the dealer at the same time is just an independent business person. Um, yeah, had they messed something up and, you know, they would try to, be, try to correct it. But they can't fix the entire car. They didn't build it, eh? You know, that's exactly it. They didn't build the car. Right. So how much responsibility are we going to have? But, um, but you know, um, you, you would think, and, and again, as a business owner, you know, you mess up. You, you try to help people. Hope you, you want that return business. But, uh, uh, you know, big companies like that, they just don't care. I mean, what, what are they going to do? Not much they can, actually. All right. We've got Richard in Thornhill. has got problems with his car, too. Richard, what's the issue? I just wondered how many car manufacturers have problems with their radios in their cars. Well, I guess you have one? Oh, yes. <laughs> what kind of car is it? It's Kia. Okay. I was going to guess Honda, because I know that Honda had some issues. I oh. like my Honda radios. Okay. They, they work perfectly. Well, but um, what, I, what I had problem with, it was the first year I had it, I was getting problems with the radio. Mm-hmm. And uh, the particular guy I spoke to at the dealer at the time said, okay, I'm going to order a new radio for you, but it'll take a couple of weeks. I said, no problem. He said, I'll contact you. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. So after about a month or so, I called him. He said, yes, it's still underway, no problem. Uh And it was still running all right then, the radio, no problem. And after a while, I forgot all about it because it was still running okay, the radio. Yep. And now, in, what was it, about... It's four years old, I guess, now with 22,000 kilometers on it. Your radio's not working. Well, all of a sudden it went out, gone, mm. finished. Right. And I thought, well, I'll leave it in the underground now. I'll take it up to the dealer tomorrow and see what we can do. Right. I went down to get it in, and the battery was down. So oh. I had to call roadside assistance. Right. They came in, and the guy boosted it for me. And I said, by the way, what sort of voltage was in this thing when you checked it he said three volts i said three volts Mm -hmm. i've been in this trade all my life as well and i knew that if it was gone that far overnight something was drawing it out of it absolutely just let the battery go for a burden correct so i went up to the dealer Mm -hmm. and um, they had a look at it and said yes the radio is no good and we suggest you buy a new battery because it's going to let you down on the highway Mm mm-hmm I said, why would it let me down on the highway? Well, it'll let you go any time with the battery. I said, if the battery's down and the alternator's working, mm-hmm. it ain't going to stop at all. I could go from here to Timbuktu if I don't stop. All right, Richard, I'm going to have to take a break for a second. If you don't mind, just hang on the line because it sounds like you've got a problem that perhaps we can help you with. I mean, Richard obviously was a tech at one point. Mm-hmm. Not like that other lady's husband had a 28. What was that, a Model A? Model A. (laughs) That's wild. Didn't have a radio, though. It probably didn't come with a radio. (laughs) This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be back to Richard and his uh, Kia car radio problem right after this. All right, you're back listening to your radio if it's working. Hopefully it is. Unfortunately, Richard's isn't. He's got a Kia and... uh, so, Richard, you're, you're, now we figure that your radio, in fact, was why your battery died. Is that right? 
Well, of course it is. I mean, what else would pull it down to three volt, three volts overnight? Now, when when the car was running after the the uh, the service boosted you, did the radio start to work or it still didn't no, work? Dead. Dead, dead. All right, again. So, how old is the car? I took it up there, and yeah. this is when they decided that I'm, I must have a new battery. I said, forget it. I don't need a new battery. There's nothing wrong with it. Something was drawing the, out of the battery overnight. Right. Now, your assumption was it was the radio. Now, what year is the car again? Uh, 2014. 14. So, he still falls within that Canvic uh, deal. Yeah, well, according, right? unfortunately, when they got, when I spoke to the guy originally, it, when it was new, and he said he was ordering a new radio. He never put it on his computer, either that or it got lost in spires, whatever they call it. And nobody knows anything about it in this dealer. Okay. Well, unfortunately, so, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I am, as they say, yes or well. He, okay. he might want to try reaching out to Kia mm-hmm. because if the, deal, if the dealership's computer system doesn't have it there anymore, mm-hmm. it's possible that Kia's would, and it would probably be associated with his VIN. They would see that the radio was ordered right. for you know a vehicle with that VIN okay. if it is still in their system. And right. that, uh, so I would reach out to Kia and ask them. Yeah, well, I've spoken to the customer service department, mm-hmm. and they said they've checked it and they can't find anything on it. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing they can do. All right, Richard, we're going to have to cut you off right now because we have to uh, wrap it up. But uh, again, Terry, you mentioned earlier when people have issues like that, in, so you don't get into a you know he said she said. Write it down, eh? It's it's really important. It's it's important that you keep keep written records of everything to do with your vehicle. And when you do encounter a problem, having those records so that you can say, hey, listen, I I, I had my vehicle serviced. Right, and, and here's, here's the email the, I wrote you and back. And here's the yeah. correspondence that we've had. And it can really, really make a difference in, in how that issue can get resolved sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, and again, so if they went to CAMVAP with this issue, is there kind of a, a cost or limitation or how do they work it there? You know, there's, there's no cost to the consumer. Okay, so they could actually go with this issue because I'm going to guess that fancy radio in a car like that could be five six hundred dollars. Absolutely, and actually, as I as, as I said, there's no cost. Mm-hmm. There may be a fifty dollar cost to, to to file the like, claim and start uh-huh. the arbitration, uh, but that's it. Okay, that's good to know. That's good reasonable to know. too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, we talked about the big screens in cars and how they control more than just the radio. It's not just your AM, FM cassette anymore. No, there's a lot, there's plenty of cars where that same screen that you use for your radio is also your navigation unit, but it also will control the climate systems in the car. Right. And the heated seats and the cooled seats with some of them. Mm-hmm. You know, all those controls are integrated into these things. Well, and, and, and great when they're working. Yes. But but not when they don't. I mean, we, we had an issue ourselves with uh, the last Infinity that, that, that my wife had, and... You know, just to do something as simple as syncing her Apple phone to the radio in the car, um, I, you know, and I know a little bit about cars, but uh, <laughs> all I, the response I got was either from Apple that said, we didn't make your car, or from Infinity that said, we didn't make your phone. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. It's like, what do you do in that case? But but as you say, you get in a new vehicle now, and, and they've improved considerably, eh? Yeah, everything I get into these days, uh, this week I'm, I'm testing uh, the Toyota Corolla hatchback with mm-hmm. a manual transmission. Who knew in 2019 you could buy a manual? And I simply plug the cable into the car and my phone into the cable, and everything's integrated. It's beautiful. Wow. So it... Um <laughs> that and it worked that well. It works f- seamlessly. Well, you know what? And I got a new phone last week, and I was impressed myself how easy the transfer of information was 
Um, I don't know if they got all the information that I was interested in them getting, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you like that little Corolla, did you? Yeah, the Corolla. It's, I mean, it's a little too small for me, but for you know somebody uh, younger and, and and needs a city car, it's a it's a fun little car. And again, it comes with all the toys on the screen. Uh, it's got all the technology. It's got a wireless charging pad for your phone, so you just put the phone away. It's it's. Do you uh, need a special phone for that, or can any phone kind of work? Almost all modern phones can be wirelessly charged, even iPhones. Really? So yep. you just leave it in the console? Yep. Okay. Yep. And just remember, when you trade that car in, delete all the information that's stored in that car's database. Delete your phone book, delete home on the nav system, and delete your garage door opening codes. Yes, 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 yes. You don't want somebody visiting you. No, basic. And and, and it, that function's not difficult, is it? It's really not. It's no. really not. And it's in your owner's manual. Uh, but to protect your, your safety and your privacy, all these are amazing conveniences that these cars have, but they're storing a lot of personal information there. So when you trade that car in, make sure you delete it. Okay, great information. Thanks you all for coming down. And if, uh, again, somebody's got a problem with a used car or the wrong price on a new car, Terry... How do they find you? Omvic.ca. All right. And Brian? I'm Brian Max on the internet. Famous everywhere. M-A-K-S-E. Uh-huh. That's my name. Great stories and uh, videos, too, I understand. Yeah, we've got a a modestly popular YouTube channel with beautifully shot car reviews. BrianMax.youtube.com slash BrianMax. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Dave will be back next time. And I want to wish you all a happy holiday. And we'll get you in the new year. This is Alan from Dave's Corner Garage. And Sebastian. Wave, Sebastian. Bye, everyone. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.